Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch. Wolf here, and as always, as a leader of the pack, I am out roaming the countryside looking to bring food back to the pack, back to you, that will help you with your mindset and be a more effective leader. Broadcasters United, Lift Up the World is still going. Thank you for being part of that. Thank you for participating. There's there's a lot more happening there. We're watching the comments come in, uh, people participating. It has been incredible, just absolutely incredible. Got to, want to talk with you about communication. The just wanted to start with thanking you for you know, checking in with us and commenting and being part of the the Broadcasters Unite event. <clears throat> Excuse me, happening movement is really more accurate. And if you haven't, when we're done here, the link is in the is in the uh, description for this episode, and it's also uh, scrolling across the bottom. As, uh, here as well. Jump on over there and uh, participate. And we've got good news you can use segments. Uh, those are serious. Some of them are fun and light, uh, but it is truly good news you can use. You know, what people are doing is we're coming together uh, around the world during these trying times. And there are over 60 people from around the world that have sent in messages that are part of it's the core of the Broadcasters Unite event. We've got other interviews that have been mixed in. So there's a lot there, you know, bring something to write with and connect with that as soon as we're done here. Because I want to talk with you real quick about communication. There are all types of communication challenges as a leader, right? You've, you've experienced that. It's how do you, you know, it, it's being able to make sure that the intended message is what's received by the other person the other person on the other side of your communication, right? And of course, as always, when the communication is sent, what they perceive is the message that they got. As a leader, it is incumbent upon you, upon us, to accept accountability for that. So guess what? Like Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. As, le as a leader in a leadership role, really in any communication role, you're in a leadership activity because communication is about influence. And as John Maxwell famously said, leadership is influence. So when you're communicating with someone, it is, here's the bad news. It is your responsibility to be sure they get the message that you intended. Let me repeat that. It is your responsibility to make sure that the person you are communicating with or the group you are communicating with is getting the message you intended them to receive. So how do you do that? Right? And ask them to repeat it back. Ask them what they think that means. You know, so make sure make sure it's an interactive thing. Engage them in the conversation. You'll likely run into. Uh, I'm a recovering engineer. Right? I just say I'm a recovering engineer, so I've been guilty of this, but also. You hear this a lot from technical people, and I'll explain why. Now, they're not the only people you hear this from. Dealing with technical people, I have heard this a lot, this type of mindset on communication where it's like, okay, you're, I, I just explained it to you, and I give me an answer. Yes, no, that's not fast enough. You're an idiot, right? Now, sometimes I, I've actually heard people say that where they have done that in communication. It's like, bah, 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 you're stupid, and they walk away. Kimberly, how are you? Thanks for joining us. It's always great to have Kimberly from Kansas City in the house. It's good to see you, my friend. Uh, 
coming back, coming back to that abruptness. Well, here, here's what happens. You've got somebody that is pressed for time. They are highly skilled in a very narrow area. They haven't been trained on communication in technical areas. There's, it's technical education. It's technical research. It's technical training. There's not a lot of communication training that's built into that. I was fortunate in undergraduate. I didn't know it at the time. I hated it. I hated the course. They made us take a community. It was mandatory. It's an engineering program, a mandatory communications class. So we got to do really important engineering stuff like read poetry, break into teams and film a commercial. This was in the 1980s and we didn't have cell phones and all that stuff. It was a pain in the neck and expensive to, nobody had cameras like that. And video cameras. Oh my gosh. They cost thousands of dollars at a time. You know, it was like a couple months, a couple months average salary for a video camera. And it had these big honking things that had VHS. You know, it was just, imagine that VHS is a tape cassette for those of you younger. It was actually a magnetic tape cassette about yay, yay big of a rectangle about so thick plug. You had to have a separate device connected to your TV. Anyway, look it up, Google it. It, it, um, we had to make commercials. We had to do creative writing. We had to do skits and we're like, are you kidding me? Now we had a bunch of goofballs in our class. You may find that hard to believe. Had a bunch, you know, had, had a bunch of class clowns. Uh, I might've been one of them. So we had fun with the class. It just, the point wasn't clear. Many years into my career, I was going, you know, that was brilliant because, uh, you know, the other student, you know, the other graduates from that program that I kept in touch with, we were way ahead of the game in a lot of ways from a lot of other people that had, you know, really intensive technical educations that hadn't had the communications exposure because we had a different understanding of communication. That being said, you're going to run into people and I'm going to use, I'm going to pick on technical people. So if you are one, you know, send me hate mail and not picking on you specifically and just saying, I have run across this, a higher percentage of this with, with people that have highly technical backgrounds, whether it's medicine, engineering, physics, because they're very focused. They, they have been educated in highly competitive environments as well. You know, I'll, all college life is competitive, but some colleges are way more competitive than others. Like for example, a colleague of mine that um, was was a uh, double major at MIT of all places. You know, it's virtually impossible to get in. For one thing, it's like point one point one percent of point one percent of the population gets in to uh, into MIT. It's such a hyper hyper competitive environment. That person's graduating class had 17 suicides, not attempts, had 17 suicides throughout their, throughout their uh, course program for one of the, one of the programs, this person uh, graduated with multiple degrees from MIT, highly, you know, highly educated, you know, and perhaps there's a little bit of that, you know, running the razor edge of brilliance and, and disturbed. Easy. Those of you that know me easy on the disturbed jokes. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, you know, there's, there's always people reaching out, calling, texting that, that want to talk about, you know, how intense a lot of that education is. A lot of the, the uh, technical perspective is. And 
so coming back to when when these folks go through those kinds of environments and what was the what you meet someone that's like that regardless of their educational background or their expertise what type of environment did they grow up in all right because a lot of times our behavioral core behavioral patterns are formed very much in early years so what type of what type of, of upbringing environment home environment would lead to having that kind of an attitude a perspective towards other people think about that you know again as a leader you need to be able to respond to those and, and make a determination can you effectively influence this person to be productive on the team uh, or do they need to be moved off the team consider their contribution and where they're coming from before fooling around excuse me within with thoughts of moving them off your team it's highly someone that's highly technical highly valued they just may be brusque to put it politely you know where they've got that they're on they, they've got five thousand things going through their head they can't get it out fast enough plus they're under schedule pressure there's a lot of times highly competent technical people are very over overutilized so they are stressed on time they have grown up from early years in home environment where they were expected to have the right answers all the time likely a very high bar that it was um you know maybe bordering on emotionally abusive if not physically abusive in terms of being reinforced now it's like you got to be right you're either right or it's it's going to be a problem for you uh <clears throat> so they had that need to be need to be right they had went through the same thing in school is really highly competitive in order to to earn good grades in order to get the good opportunities as an engineer i can attest to that one the engineering program that i went through um and consider those when dealing with them and where are they coming from sometimes people are like that and they're just a jack wagon it's a technical term learned that from uh from from one of my highly highly valued mentors larry broughton technical term jack wagon they are just not a nice person that's the type of people you can't have on your team because it's it's just a it's a corrosive it affects everybody uh I, someone that i had interviewed um I'll tell this story so they can have more detail on the story. I'm not going to mention the name, but it's someone, it's a name you would recognize. It was someone I interviewed several years ago was talking about how the top performer on his team, his sales team, uh, was someone that just didn't fit, didn't get along. People didn't like this person. And he struggled with the decision on what to do because it's such a bad fit and it was creating such turmoil in his own interactions with this person. And he could see the effect it was having on the team at large struggle with it because this person performed at a level that really stood out and he realized one night he's going you know this this is not someone that i would want to socialize with this is, wants to minimize time with them and he just thought you know what this is he's violating one of his own rules in terms of the environment that he wants to create and so he let that person go and surprisingly, that person said, "You know what? Could have knocked that person when, when I when I informed that employee that it just wasn't working, and that no matter how good their performance was on the numbers, because their performance was so bad on interpersonal skills and the treatment of the other people on their team within the company, that there was just no way that it was ever going to work." Said, "Could have knocked them over with a feather. Absolutely no self awareness." of the effect that that person was having on the people around them. And it was an eye opener for the person 
that got that message. So, so in a situation like that, you're doing everybody a good service because it's dragging down their team. And said so the whole team was just came to him, you know, one by one, a lot of other members, not the entire team, but a, you know, a fair percentage of the team, uh, in short order, made an uh, made it a point to stop by his office and say, "Hey, thank you." Oh my gosh! And you see, you could just feel the difference in the environment, right? Everybody's more relaxed, and the and the performance of the team overall rose up. And it didn't really take uh, as long. You're surprised at how quickly they were able to replace the uh, you know the the hit that they took on sales numbers because they had let their top salesperson go. And um, so it was good for the team. It was as a leader, it's good for you to not have that kind of stress in your life. And also it's, you're doing the person that's getting that message a favor too, because it's likely that they have uh, been accommodated in previous positions in, throughout their life and previous people throughout their life because they get results, but no one wants to be around them. And really in the long run for them as a person, as well as their performance as a professional, it was it will benefit them in the long run if they get that message direct, so that they can do something about it. It's their choice, you know. You can't make, you can't force them to do it, but at least do them the service, do them the honor of saying, "Look, here's the thing. <clears throat> this is not going to work. Here's why," so that they can make a so they can make a conscious decision. That you know, some people are aware that they behave like that. That's a completely different issue. More often, you'll find is people that don't have that self awareness for whatever reason, and you're helping them by giving them the opportunity to make a conscious decision on whether or not to improve that. If they decide not to, okay, definitely someone you don't want on your team. If they treat people poorly and they know they do and they don't care, how is that going to how are they going to affect your your clients? How are they going to affect the performance of your other team? And how many years is that going to age you? <laughs> it's literally taking years off your life and everyone around them, around you or everyone else on the team because of the stress that that creates, the negative stress that that creates for everybody. It just pulls all the energy out of their, out of the room, out of their lives. So where are they coming from? If they're just a total jack wagon, yes, move them out. A lot of times you'll find that the, that this is just someone who, who is not, um, who has never been, coached on mastery and communications, and it has never been required to focus on gaining mastery in communications, especially amongst the technical ranks, you know, highly technical people, because they're focused on the technical thing. They do a lot of what they do doesn't rely on their, uh, doesn't, isn't in um, the performance isn't determined by how well they can communicate, at least in their minds. As a leader, you know, communication is fundamental. It's one of the pillars to good leadership. It's one of the pillars to being a good member of a team as well. The better that your team members can communicate, the better you can communicate, the more impact you'll have, the more you can influence others as a leader. But also for those that are on the team around you, they can work better as a team. They can support each other better. They can share ideas more effectively which helps them influence each other with their with their unique knowledge and skills, helps them more effectively learn from other people. So th you know, think about that. When someone's going, you know, come on, come on. Yes, no, ah, you're an idiot. You're not answering fast enough. And it's just, it's just like, it, it, it's polar opposites, right? Everything's either yes or it's no. There's no middle ground. 
was known as living in the gray. It was some one of my mentors called it. You know, got to learn to live in the gray a little bit and not have to be right because you find that this is probably someone that's coming from having been trained that they need to be right all the time. So they'll fight for that. You know, they'll always try to establish dominance so they can be right. You know, coach them. But again, it comes from where are they coming from? You know, they're really they're operating with the with the best interests of the team and the company in in what they're saying. It's how they're saying it, how they're communicating with others that is causing a problem. Uh, you know, that that it is rubbing people the wrong way. Well, that's something you can work with. You know, if they're really good at what they do, excellent. Help them see how they can be even better by being more effective in communication and require them to work on communication skills. I had a boss uh, mid-career even that I had moved into a new role where it was, where it had been internal to the companies that I had worked with uh, throughout my career. Then mid-career, I started uh, getting positions, getting roles with companies I was working with where I, where I was doing outward facing stuff, where I was out in the marketplace, I was representing the company uh, at industry events with uh, alliance partners and with customers, which I hadn't been doing. And I was required to take some communication and leadership uh, courses on my own dime, on my own time. I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. That's just, oh, and I, you know, I, I moved through that emotional response real quick. And then I saw the wisdom of that. And I've always invested in my personal development, never relied on, you know, Paid for you know, work my way through college, work my way through graduate school. Pamela, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. So you had a lot of bosses that fell in this can. Yeah, right. Working for someone that has that communication. Oh, I, I had a boss. You could hear screaming with doors shut in the office. You could hear screaming, hear him screaming at employees in the hallway, berating them. You know, today would have gotten sued. You'd probably jailed for the way you talk to people, um, you know, 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago, different environment, especially in manufacturing world. Uh, and thank you, Pamela. I'm glad you're part of the conversation. Uh, it, it just, oh my gosh, you know, it, that's, a, that's another topic for another time. So I don't want to run too long. I'm watching the clock here. We'll wrap this up because I want you to be able to also, uh, if you've been with us on Broadcasters Unite, thank you. If you haven't, I want to wrap up so you've got time to spend at least a couple minutes or hopefully, you know, longer with Broadcasters Unite. A lot of great messages, insights, and fun segments uh, that are still being broadcast there. But coming back to um, when these, when you're working with these folks uh, that are having this kind of impact on your team, you know, you're, you're helping them to be more effective in their careers, be more effective as technical people. And I personally experienced that. I ended up going out and went to uh, Dale Carnegie, took two different Dale Carnegie courses. One of the things I love about that is you can keep going back, which I have done over the years. It's been, a, you know, actually probably something I need to do. It's been several years since I've been back, but that's been over a span of, you know, more than a couple of decades now. It, and it helped. It's one of those things where, where uh, my boss at that time wanted me, needed me to go from where I was at, where I was okay in these, in this new role it required me to jump several levels above where I was in terms of my mastery of communication. And then I spent a couple of weeks uh, 
uh, later that year, I took my vacation. So I was able to do that in the evenings. I took my vacation time and went through a two-week program with Center for Creative Leadership in uh, La Jolla, California. Oh, my gosh. That was incredible. And to do immersive programs like that will really accelerate your skills. So consider providing that kind of guidance to team members that are having communication challenges in order to help them move forward, you know, to do things like, you know, if they, if they can't present well, just, you know, encourage them to, to go to Toastmasters or even sponsor a Toastmasters club uh, in, in your company. Send them to Dale Carnegie or encourage them to go to Dale, you know, Dale Carnegie. Other avenues like that where they can get practical training on communication and put them on a path of mastery. Because those types of programs are about getting better, not just doing one and done, which, as you know, communication is a lifelong endeavor in increasing your mastery. So that's it on communication for now. Watching the clock, want to let you get going so that you've got time. You know, head over to Broadcasters United in the description for this episode. The link is there. There's still some great stuff going. I've been checking in and out throughout the day as well between meetings and, uh, and also when get heads up and going, Hey, we've got something that's coming up and, and that we're sharing stuff out. So please be part of that. It is, it, it's just turning into such a happening. It's just so, so glad that so many people have been joining in on that with us. And, uh, thank you, Pamela. I appreciate that. So, you know, thanks for joining in on this episode of Wolf's Watch. Good luck with your communications journey and with coaching and mentoring uh, your your colleagues and team members. And I'll uh, see you over at uh, Broadcasters Unite. Lift up the world.